Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we'll be talking about the events and updates from March 31st, 2020, as well as the history of the modern Spanish monarchy. And we are going to actually start off with the Belgian royal family because there was nothing new with the British royals. So in Belgium, um, the update today is that Queen Mathilde had some Skype phone calls with organizations that are putting an emphasis of caring for mental health during the times of social distancing. Um, So she talked with Zorgnet Ikuro, which is a health network that unites hospitals, elderly care, and mental health care. Um, And then she also spoke with representatives of Cresom. Uh, which is an organization that supports mental health professionals uh, in their work and are, of course, providing um, mental health support to their organizations that they support right now. Um, So a very cool emphasis uh, on the mental health field today in Belgium. Um, And that is all we had for them. So now we are going to move on to the Danish royal family. So in Denmark, uh, today, Crown Princess Mary was on a conference call with the Worldwide Health Organization, or WHO, um, where she was briefed on the online communication from WHO about COVID, um, specifically with um, an emphasis on the European region and travel and all of that good stuff. Um, And so in the Instagram caption that maybe Mary wrote herself, But there was a quote specifically from her that said, um, in addition to gaining a better understanding of some of the many dilemmas and challenges of the severe crisis we face, I also had the opportunity to thank WHO staff, um, WHO staff and all healthcare professionals throughout the region for the tremendous effort they are making for us all. Um, so a very cool thing there, and it's, uh, I, I will continue to say this, but as we are all kind of working from home right now, um, it's very nice to see what the royals are doing while they're working from home. You know, they're using Zoom and FaceTime and Skype like all the rest of us. Um, so that is very cool to see. Um, and that is all we had in Denmark today in terms of updates. So now we are going to move on to the Dutch royal family. Netherlands, Queen Maxima visited the Red Cross, um, where she toured a location 
and met with some of the volunteers who have been working to support um, the elderly as well as other vulnerable populations. Um, and then she also was able to speak with Red Cross employees about how um, volunteers are being utilized during this time because there are an influx of them um, who are ready to help in the way that they um, know how. And, um, you know, I, this is the Red Cross. We're seeing a lot of royal support of the Red Crosses across the world right now. But I think it's just really important to know, like, they have volunteers that just gave up kind of their lives to go support this effort and make sure that people are taken care of. Um, and it reminds me of this quote, and I don't know who said it, and that's probably irresponsible of me. But, you know, when there's bad things happening, there's, there's a saying out there that says, look for the helpers and you'll find hope. And that is what like the Red Cross is giving me. Like I see all of these foreign Red Crosses just doing the work um, to make sure that their country is getting what they need. Um, and I think that's just really important. So it was great for Queen Maxima to put a spotlight on that. Um, and that is all the updates we got from the Dutch royal family today. Um, so now we are going to move on to Norway. <laughs> Norway, uh, Crown Prince Akun had a video conference um, with cleaning staff um, of hospitals. Um, and they were different, three different hospitals throughout Norway. Um, and he talked to them about how the way they work has completely changed. Um, they are working extra hours to make sure things are as sanitary as possible. They're going through different um, types of training to make sure that this virus isn't sitting in a hospital, um, which is really, really important to have a clean, sanitary hospital to be able to treat patients because not everyone in a hospital is going to have coronavirus. Um, you know, some people are going to go in for a broken bone or something that is unrelated to coronavirus and they don't want to, you can't pick it up there. Like you, going to the hospital only to get sick is terrible. Um, so these cleaning staff have quite the burden put on them. And I just think, again, it's really nice to see that being recognized by the Norwegian royal family. Um, so it was a video conference with um, three different people who were all on different devices. Um, there was one lady, it looked like she was on like a lunch break um, and was using her phone for FaceTime or Zoom or whatever it was. Um, but it, it was just very cool to see uh, Akun recognize that um, and thank them for the work that they're doing. Um, and so that is what was going on in Norway today. Um, and now we're going to move on to Spain.
So in Spain, we had another uh, long list of meetings for King Felipe and Queen Leticia. They, the Spanish royal family is great about um, putting out everything that their monarchs are doing, um, which is really great, but it, it sometimes seems overwhelming because, you know, we got one update here and one update there from every other royal family today. But in Spain, we have like a ton of meetings that we get to talk about. Um, so... We will start off with, uh, together, they had a video conference with the Chamber of Commerce uh, in Oviedo, which is a city in the north of Spain in Asturias, um, and it is also the hometown of Letizia. Um, so they were able to speak about the challenges and fears that the chamber has for the businesses in Oviedo, um, as well as they were able to... Um, you know, just hopefully give them some hope about the situation. Um, and then they also, in the afternoon, um, had a telephone call with the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and First Lady Melania Trump, where they discussed the important relationship between Spain and the U.S. and their commitment to the recently, uh, the commitment to continue the recently postponed state visit of Spain to the U.S., um, which was supposed to happen uh, in about three weeks, um, in later April, um, but was obviously postponed for coronavirus reasons. Um, and then Felipe held a video conference with some more chambers of commerce. Um, he met with the Chamber of Commerce of Spain, as well as the Chamber of Commerce for Navarra, um, and then had a telephone call with researchers who are working to um, find ways to fight COVID, um, where he thanked them for their work during this extremely difficult time. Um, and then Queen Letizia held two meetings um, on her own, and the first was by phone with the Organization Against Gender Violence, which is a government-sponsored organization. Um, and they reported that they have been receiving an increase in call volumes. Um, so that's mm. terrible and so sad. Um, and so early, 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 early on in this podcast, I talked about the um, gender violence organization. Um, and this is something that is mostly focused on domestic violence um, and something that Letizia has been awarded for her passion about. Um, so it's great that she was able to have this call and um, just, you know, what a scary time that these people who are in domestic abuse situations are facing right now. Um, and then she also had a video conference with uh, the president of the Spanish Federation of Deaf and Blind People, where they spoke about the um, need for interpreters for people who are in confinement but still need support. Um, so that is, that was her day and that is all we have for Spain. Um, and now we are going to move on to Sweden. So in Sweden, Queen Sylvia had a conference call meeting with the board um, for, I'm assuming the World Childhood Foundation, which is an organization that she started, 
but it could not be. Um, I could be very wrong on that. Um, but that is what she did today, and that's the only update we got from the Swedish royal family. Um, so that is it for the daily rundown of all the royal events. Um, and now we are going to talk about the history of the modern Spanish monarchy, um, which is going to be another short one like Norway was yesterday, because there are only two monarchs uh, in this story. So it'll be pretty short. Um, but let's get started. <laughs> So the story of the Spanish monarchy starts as far back as 1931, when Spain formed a republic and deposed their royal family. Then, five years later, civil war broke out between nationalists and republicans. Uh, and the nationalists, so people who were committed to their country as it was before 1931, were led by General Francisco Franco. Um, and he and his army won the Civil War, and so the Nationalists were in um, control. So, um, instead of, you know, reinstating the monarchy as was thought from Franco, he um, decided not to allow the royal family to come back out of exile in Rome and became head of state himself. Um, so Francisco Franco was a dictator and was just not a great guy. Uh, there were a lot of negatives and political challenges. Um, and Franco, just because he was a dictator, held on to his power, uh, no matter what it took, really. Um, so 30 years after he took his power, um, it was time for him to decide who would replace him when he should die. Um, and he decided that the person who followed him as head of state should be known as a king. Um, so they went through the process of trying to pick a king or pick a replacement, really. Um, and the first choice was the rightful heir to the throne, uh, Infante Juan, who was Count of Barcelona um, and was the son of King Alfonso who was the exiled king in 1931. Um, Juan, however, did not um, respect the Spanish state and their authority and publicly made that known. Um, so in a manifesto, he spoke about how Franco was going to name a monarch without even consulting the rightful heir. So this is going on for a while. Franco and the Count of Barcelona are just not really <laughs> working together well, which is understandable, um, but they did agree to meet, um, and out of that meeting came the agreement that um, Juan's two sons would be able to be educated in Spain, um, and this is where the Count of Barcelona's son, Juan Carlos's name, was thrown in the hat for being the successor. And on July 22nd, 1969, 
uh, Franco announced that Juan Carlos would be king, skipping uh, the theoretical rightful king, Infante Juan. Uh, So Juan Carlos was granted with the title of Prince of Spain, and on November 22nd, two days after Francisco Franco's death, uh, so November 22nd, 1975, Juan Carlos was proclaimed king of Spain. And now we have a Spanish monarchy. So after Juan Carlos became king, um, the expectation was that things would kind of stay the same. The status quo would remain. However, Juan Carlos had kind of everybody fooled um, and started advocating for a constitutional monarchy very quickly after his inauguration. Um, So his father, Infante Juan, had been advocating for this since 1946. Um, And this is something that proved more difficult than you would expect of people who wanted democracy. Um, so the leftists didn't trust Juan Carlos because he was named by Franco and the right wingers were still loyal to Franco and wanted his government to remain. So it took a while, but in 1977, the Spanish government held their first successful democratic elections and started the process of beginning to draft the constitution, uh, which was completed on December 6th. 1978. And so Spain has now been a somewhat functional, and I say somewhat, somewhat functional democracy for 41 years. There are a lot of political issues in Spain. Don't look it up now because we're all under a lot of stress, but it's a mess over there. Um, so, but anyway, so now I, we are going to move on to King Juan Carlos and his reign. Uh, so Juan Carlos was born in exile in Rome, Italy, where he spent the early part of his childhood. Later, he was educated in Spain, and that's where he spent a lot of his um, older adolescent years. Um, As an adult, he married Princess Sophia of Greece, who is the oldest daughter, um, oldest child of King Paul of Greece. Um, And so during his reign, in the transition to democracy, there were a lot of challenges of this including a 1981 coup. Uh, So the Cortes, which is the home of the Congress of Deputies, was seized by members of the Civil Guard, which is the army for Spain. Um, And in the middle of the coup, Juan Carlos gave a television address showing his opposition to the coup. This is something that solidified him in popularity and people really began to accept him as king from this moment on. Um, however, this all started to change in 2012, um, when Juan Carlos was starting to get some not-so-great headlines. Um, so it was revealed in late 2012 that he took a hunting trip to Africa, um, where he was hunting elephants and injured himself and was brought back to Spain on a government plane, which is just not great optics. Um, Apparently, the Spanish taxpayer did not pay for this, but still not great optics. Um, And also, just in another way to not read the room, buddy, uh, King Juan Carlos was the honorary president of the World Wildlife Fund for Spain. Uh, He was removed removed from that posting. Um, And so other family scandals were going on behind the scenes. Uh, Juan Carlos started to consider abdication. 
And on June 2nd, 2014, it was announced by the uh, president of the government of Spain that Juan Carlos would abdicate. Um, And that happened 16 days later. And on June 19th, 2014, at midnight, his youngest child, but only son, Felipe, became king. Um, So Felipe was born on January 30th, 1968, as the youngest child of Prince Juan Carlos and Princess Sofia. Uh, When he was nine years old, his father became king of Spain, and a few months later, he was proclaimed Prince of Astorias, which is the title of the heir to the throne of Spain. He held that title for 37 years. Um, In 2004, he married Letizia, and they have two daughters. Um, So I kind of mentioned this a little bit above, Um, But one of the main crises that Felipe has faced in his mm, almost six-year reign um, is... So the political situation in Spain is just not great. Um, And in 2017, Catalonia, which is the region of Spain um, that has Barcelona in it, held a referendum for independence. Um, So Catalonia functions separately from Spain for the most part um, and is much wealthier than the rest of the country. Um, Their referendum was illegal, and um, this was the first time Felipe gave a special address to the nation on television about the illegal actions. Um, So it was strongly worded, and he condemned the actions very publicly, which was um, surprising to a lot of people. Um, And now in 2020, he is currently dealing with the coronavirus crisis, uh, which is the cause of his second special address to the nation um, in the six years he has been on the throne. Um, he is much more modern than his parents and has tried to moder- modernize the royal household, um, which included even cutting his income so that the tax money that he would have um, would instead be used to do things for the Spanish people during their economic crisis. Um, but that brings us up to today, um, and that is it for the um, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you all tomorrow where we will start, um, the history of the Swedish monarchy. Um, and I will talk to you all then. Thanks so much. Bye.